I don't know, I was whistling and hollering and yelling. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not alone. Like, there's, that's not insulated over there. Welcome to church today. It is good to be with you, whether you're here in person, whether you're joining us online today, man, it is just good. Thanks for tuning in to Greenbrier Nazarene, and it is a, it is a joy to be with you today. I've got some, some friends and family watching online, so a special welcome to you guys. And so, man, it's just, I love Sunday. Sunday, best day of the week. Well, Wednesday as a youth pastor is the best day of the week. Sunday, second best day of the week. And so, I hope y'all are excited to be here. If you're not, you're, you're going to be excited to leave, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a great day. And uh, it's just good to be with you this morning. So we are in a series right now called The Presence of God. And it has been, man, it has just been good. And so uh, this is week four. And if you've missed any of these weeks, man, jump on YouTube. You can get on the church Facebook page. Go catch up. Or if you're just driving, go listen to these messages. Man, they have been really, 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 really good. And so on week one... Uh, Steve shared with us that God will do whatever it takes to bring you back to him. And some of you could probably testify that and go, you have no idea, okay? And um, hopefully I'm never in a situation like that, but but some of you have been. Man, it was a great message. Like I said, if you missed it, go catch up. And then in week two, he talked about that God's presence is the point of Christianity. Like being in the presence of God is, is why we are Christians. And it, like I said, again, a great message. And then last week, Hunter shared with us, you know, have, and by asking the question, have we replaced the presence of God with an idol? Uh, and he gave us some homework to do. And so, like I said, if you haven't listened to it, I don't want to ruin it. Go back and listen to it. It's great, great, great stuff, okay? And so this week, we're going to continue with the presence of God um, by looking at the family unit and ask this question, is the presence of God in my family? Because I think a lot of times, um, you know, in the family, there, there may be, uh, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever, and everybody comes to church, but once they leave from this place, God is never brought up again until they come back to church, okay? And that's kind of what we're talking about today, that we need the presence of God outside of this building. By the way, that was great worship today. Like, clearly, we're experiencing the presence of God, so I don't think we need Him too much here. I think He's got home base covered, but we need the presence of God when we step out of here into the world, you know, when it's just us in the workplace. I don't know about your workplace, but mine is extremely hostile and just, my goodness, it's ridiculous some days. Um, But we're going to be looking in the book of Deuteronomy today. We've been in Exodus, and so if you kind of have that marked, flip over a few books to the book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to be in chapter 6, okay? And we're going to be looking at a a passage that's kind of dear to me, and so I've got a little video that I'm going to show explaining this passage. As a youth pastor, I like visual stuff, and videos are cool, and so I was like, well, I could say everything this video says, or I could just show the video, so, and it's really good, so, watch this little video here. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now, the first word of the Shema is 
hear or listen, which in Hebrew is pronounced Shema. That's where the prayer gets its name. Now, Shema is a really common word in the Hebrew Bible, and it's obvious why. Hearing is a very universal activity. It's usually connected with the ear, as in Proverbs chapter 20, ears that Shema and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Now that seems basic enough, but if you look at the other ways that Hebrew authors can use the word Shema, they use it to mean more than just let sound waves enter your ear. In Hebrew, Shema can also mean pay attention to or focus on. So when Leah, who wasn't loved by her husband Jacob, she has a son and she names him Simon, or in Hebrew, Shimon, because she says, the Lord has Shamad, that I am unloved. So Shema means to hear and to pay attention to and even more. It can also mean responding to what you hear. This is why so many of the cries for help in the book of Psalms begin with a call that God listen. Psalm 27 verse 7, Shema my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful, answer me. So asking God to Shema is at the same time asking God to act, to do something. It's similar to when God asks people to listen. Like when the people of Israel come to Mount Sinai, God says, If you shema me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Now there's a couple interesting things about this verse in Exodus. In Hebrew, the word shema is repeated twice in this sentence to give it emphasis. If you shema shema, meaning listen closely. But also notice that from God's point of view, listening is basically the same as keeping the covenant. So when God asks the people to Shema, what he means is that they listen and obey. And that's the last fascinating thing about Shema. In ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for obey, meaning to carry out the wishes of someone who knows better than you or is in authority over you. So in the Bible, if you want to say, I will listen and do what you say, you use the single word Shema. In Hebrew, listening and doing are two sides of the same coin. This is why later in Israel's history, when the people were breaking their covenant promises to God, the Hebrew prophets would say things like, they have ears, but they're not listening. The Israelites, of course, could hear just fine, but they weren't actually listening or else they would act differently. And so in the end, listening in the Bible is about giving respect to the one speaking to you and doing what they say. Real listening takes effort and action, and that's the Hebrew word Shema. So the Shema was a, a passage of scripture that I had the privilege and the joy of reciting every Tuesday and Thursday morning of the 2009 fall semester in Old Testament theology with Dr. Marty Michelson right after chapel. After chapel. So this wasn't a passage I was very familiar with uh, growing up. It wasn't something that as the Hillian family, you know, arose every morning, we said, Hero Israel, like, we, uh, y'all may have done that. Y'all may have been way more super spiritual than my family. We didn't do that, okay? Uh, but this was something the Israelites did. And so as we were uh, diving into Old Testament theology, uh, Dr. Michelson was like, this, this was a daily prayer for the Israelites. And so we said it every day. But it was kind of weird the first day when he skateboarded into class. And I was like, it's weird for a doctor to skateboard, but, you know, hey, man, he's way smarter than I am. Um, but this is something we said every day. And it was, it was a confession of the Israelites' faith in God for all that he had done for them. And so grandparents, parents, grandkids, kids, aunts, uncles, nieces, and nephews, everyone would know the Shema, and this was something that they would say daily, okay? And so we're going to uh, read... Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 this morning. And it says these words. 
It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your houses and on your gates. And so this is a, a very, very, very you know, awesome verse. And what I love about it is that um, uh, Kevin, after the morning service, he said, Hey, did, did you realize when, when they're talking about um, you know, tying things to your hand and on your forehead, that doesn't like, actually mean like, like, hey, I'm going to take my Bible and like glue it to my forehead. It was that you would keep these things in your mind because that's where knowledge is and your hands were your activities so that everything you thought, everything that you do, remember the things that God has done for you. And that's what the Shema was um, all about. That's what Moses is trying to tell the people. Hey, remember these things, okay? So if we go back to our question, is the presence of God in my family, if we look at the Shema, it should be very, very, very noticeable if the presence of God is in your family or not. Because there should be these signs, there should be these symbols, there should be these things that say, hey, I am a believer, here's how you would know that. Because my family talks about it when we are going to bed and when we are getting up, when we're on the road and when we're not on the road. Okay, Moses is telling the Israelites, he says, hey, you have to stay in tune, okay, this is a full commitment, or I think a lot of the students like to say this is a full send, okay? The entire family has to be on board here to make the presence of God the priority in your family, okay? This takes all, everybody involved. So um, when you're hanging out with your grandma or grandpa, talk about it. When you're, you know, hanging out with your kids, teach it. Give yourself reminders, okay? Have these signs that other people would notice, okay? Even he's like, hey, put it on your gates and on your doorpost, okay? Let people know that in everything that you do in your life, God comes first, okay? He's the first and the last. He is at the core. He is at the center of everything in my family, okay? And so again, is the presence of God in your family? Well, you know, when we look at it like that, you know, um, and just so you know, um, we were, I was going over this last night with Emily, and she's like, man, that's good stuff. And I said, well, just know, every message I have ever preached, I am as much preaching to myself as I am, you know, everyone else. Basically, I'm talking to myself today and inviting you guys to come along. And so, is the presence of God in your family? Is the presence of God in my family, okay? How are you teaching your family about the presence of God, okay? How do others outside of this building know that on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 10.30, you come to this building, okay? That's kind of a good way to look at that, okay? How do others know that your family is centered on God and His Word and His Son, Jesus Christ, okay? So we're going to look at that today. And so uh, if we look at the presence of God, the, the first thing we have to have, if we're, if we're building today, the foundation always, always, always has to be a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you're a note taker today, that would be, hint, hint, wink, wink, a great opportunity to write a note down. Jesus has to be at the foundation, okay? So if you're going to build your family on uh, the things that God has done and, and uh, committed to him, because I don't know if you've read the end of the story, but um, there's an eternal reward. And so if you want that for your family, you have 
to do the things on the front end at the beginning of the story, which is a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, so that is the foundation we're talking about today. If God's presence is not at your core, then the presence of God is not going to be at the core of your family. Okay, um, I think we all kind of understand that, um, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on number one today. Okay, but we're moving to number two now, but don't think the rest of the points are going to go this fast. Okay, we, st- we still got a lot of time, so y'all better fasten your seatbelt. All right, so number two this morning uh, for the presence of God in your family is that church must be a priority for your family, okay? What I mean by priority is showing the importance of the presence of God, okay? Like this morning worship, that was fantastic. That's what it's all about. Why? Because the presence of God is here, okay? If you go back and you look at the history of this church, um, over, I think we're getting close to 120 years now that Greenbrier Nazarene has, has been here doing ministry in this community. My goodness, the presence of God is here. And I hope that every week when you come in, you're coming back to experience that, whether that's you know a, a message, whether that's through worship, maybe that's a conversation in the lobby, whatever it is, like the presence of God is here. And it is a privilege for me to be a small cog in a giant wheel that is this church and the impact that it has had on our community and the things that we are continuing to do. Man, we got some big things coming up. And so um, just like this morning when we sang Another in the Fire, I I don't know. I was getting with it over here. I'm kind of glad those screens are there. Like before, I, you know, you just kind of had to sit there and wait for worship. Well, now, man, I, we can move around back there. It's kind of fun. And so worship was good this morning, okay? We as a church got to experience that. I didn't see you guys dancing, but I was. And it was great. And it was awesome because think about that song. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, old Nebuchadnezzar tosses them in the furnace. And they're like, you know what? We're still going to praise God. And then someone walks by and goes, didn't we throw three dudes in there? Because there's four in there. There's another in the fire, man. You talk about the presence of God. Those guys experience that. And we're singing about that. We, we worship that same God. Okay? And that's exciting. We should be passionate about that. I was this morning. I hope you were. And so it, it is just it is amazing. And what I love about church, and I'm going to brag on our church a little bit because uh, I can, is that we provide worship experiences like what we had this morning for all ages, okay? We have some great adult small groups, okay? And if you want to know more about those, find any person that was up here on stage this morning and ask them about it. If they don't know the answer, they will get you to someone that can answer that for you, okay? We've got a small group that meets here on Sunday nights. Um, The Financial Peace small group meets on Wednesday nights because finances are a big deal and we need to glorify God with our finances, okay? We have ways for you to get involved and to experience God in some really cool and unique ways. Probably the most awesome, coolest experience that we have at this church would clearly be our youth ministry. I mean, wow, it's pretty fantastic if uh, I want to brag on that. If there's one ministry I'm going to brag on, it's going to be that one. But man, we're meeting every Wednesday night here in this room, so we've got plenty of room to spread out. Um, I don't know if it was allowed, but I did it. We played Foursquare in the foyer Wednesday. It was awesome. We had a blast, you know. And so Wednesday night, 6.30, 
Get your grandkids, nieces and nephews. Get their friends. Bring them. Come let them experience the presence of God and grow and deepen in their faith on Wednesday nights, okay? We have an awesome, awesome, awesome kids ministry. I mean, we built a facility for kids so that they, every time that they come here, they can have a godly experience that is geared just for them, okay? It's not like we're trying to kick them out, but they have an experience back there every week. Cooper, my little guy, he's four now. He'll come and go, hey, this is what we did today. Here's our Bible verse. Here's this thing I made that we can put on the fridge and we can talk about it. And he loves church. And I love that because we have amazing, amazing volunteers that have said, you know what? My gift is to pour into kids, just like these amazing musicians every week get up here and play. Those volunteers say, you know what? God's given me a you know, kind of the knack for working with kids, and I want to invest in their lives. And so last week, Cooper rolls into class, and his teacher walks in and goes, hey, what's up, girl? And I was like, "Mm, like, that's awesome, but how about good morning, you know? I mean, he just, everybody is his best friend, you know? And so it's like, well, you know, he's working on it, but she was totally cool with, hey, Coop, it's good to see you, okay? Don't let your kids miss that, okay? Get them here. Let them go be part of what is happening back there in our kids' facility, okay? Adult small groups, youth ministry, kids' services, okay? They're all awesome. And when it comes to our kids and youth, um, as a church, as a staff, Greenbrier Nazarene, we are the assistant coach. Families, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you guys are the coach, okay? That is the responsibility that God has given you. And our job is to assist you in every way possible. We want to be the greatest assistant coach you've ever had in our life, okay? And it takes both of us working together, okay? This is why this morning is so important. This is why we're talking about this, families, because as a church staff, as volunteers, we need you to live this out, okay? We need you to teach your kids, teach your grandkids what it means to be a Christian, what it means um, to come to church on Sundays, what it means to make church a priority. And kind of the hurdle here I think we have to be careful of is that the goal is not church attendance. If you're showing up here every single week and aren't growing, to some extent, you're kind of wasting your time, okay? We want you here, yes, absolutely, but we want you to grow so that you can go out there and bring more of your friends back here, and then they can go get more, and the presence of God and His church can continue and continue to grow, okay? Don't place the emphasis on just showing up, even though Cooper would love to be here every day. Most of the time, so today's Sunday, Tuesday morning, he will wake up and go, is it church day? No, bud, it's it's just, so when can I go back to church? Well, we'll go back on Sunday. How many times do I go to bed before I can go back to church? Okay, and so there are some days after school, you know, being on staff here, we just come up to the church and hang out, and he loves it, okay, because number one, we have pretty awesome toys here. And two, he just loves being here. He loves being in God's house, okay? So we need you as coaches, the family, we need you to take what you've learned here, take it home, talk about it around the dinner table, okay? Um, That's a great, you have a candid audience, okay? As they're eating, um, just be like, so what did you talk about in church today? Or say on Wednesday night after, if they're in the car ride home, hey, what'd y'all talk about tonight? And this week, they would have been like, we played Foursquare in the foyer. That was kind of, okay, but beyond that. And just know, 
I always try to do like a sermon in a sentence for our students. Like, when mom and dad ask you on the way home, what did you talk about today? Like this past week, we talked about communion and the importance of that, okay? You have a captive audience, use it. Talk about it like, hey, how would you apply what you learned today at school, okay? And allow them to question you. Well, mom, dad, how, how are you going to take what you learned today and apply that at work, okay? There in verse 7, in chapter 6, he says, repeat them again and again to your children. It means you can't talk about it enough. Talk about it when you're at home and when you're on the road, okay? When you go to bed and when you get up, okay? Church families, we don't need you to just talk about it. We need you to teach it. We need you to live it out. We need you to walk the walk. Like I said, we want to be the greatest assistant coach we can be, but you have to be coaching at home, okay? So that kind of leads into our next point. We've talked about as an individual, you have to have Jesus in your life. You have to be involved here. You have to make this a priority so that you can get spiritually charged up and grow and learn a little bit, well, that takes us to number three this morning, and that is to open your home to the presence of God, okay? If you are in authority at your house, whatever that looks like, I know a lot of men are like, yeah, I'm in authority in my house, and their wives are like, this guy, he's hilarious. Um, But if you're in authority at your house, you have full control over what happens in your house, Okay, no matter if your kids are old, like you are in control. If you're, well, they're just, I'm just saying, you are in control, so make it godly. Okay, weekdays make it godly, the weekends make it godly. God should be at the center of everything that happens in your home. Okay, so the family that comes in here on Sunday mornings. Be that family that goes out of here on Sunday afternoons at the restaurant when the waiter gets your drink wrong. Could you just, you know, kind of show her a little glimpse into the presence of God and not be so rude and hateful? That would be, you know, really awesome, okay? Be the church family that's here on Sundays the rest of the time when you're not here, okay? And so maybe that means we might need to turn the TV off a couple nights a week and Put a puzzle together, you know, build something, draw something, paint something. I I live out in the country, blow something up, shoot guns, I don't know. Be together, have conversations, okay? Put the phones away. I remember, and I I shared this with the early service, but when, uh, when I was in that awkward, like, 12 years old to 16 years old, it's kind of like, Am I still a boy? Am I a man? Like I like I got a three-haired mustache now, but like my voice is all over the place. Like I can hit every octave. And I don't really know. Like that was, you know, that's weird for anyone that goes through that. Um, but I got to spend that time with my dad. We we went through his midlife crisis together as a family, and we raced four-wheelers, so we traveled all over the country, and there would be times I'd be trapped in the truck with my dad for 8, 10, 12, 17 hours. And so, candid audience. And so, we got to have a lot, a lot of really, really cool and awesome conversations. And I wouldn't trade that for the world, okay? So, put the phones away. Talk about it. Talk about Jesus. Maybe that is read a Bible store together. Do a devotion. One thing that is awesome about um, technology and cell phones is that there's this cool thing called the Bible app. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Find someone with, that looks younger than you, and they can help you out, okay? But the Bible app has tons and tons and tons of devotionals that you can do together as a family, whether that's 
your family, everyone lives under one roof, or if your kids are away or your grandkids are away, you can still do it together and you can type notes and you can text and you can talk about it, okay? There are ways for you to be and to, to do this together, no matter how close or how far away you are. And here's kind of the, the crazy thing, and this used to be just a youth statistic, and now it's become kind of a family statistic, is that families are only in church 40, 50, I'll even extend a little grace there and say 60 hours a year. Four, let's just call it 60. To, you know, like I said, I'll give you a little grace. 60 hours a year. That's not a week. That's not a month. A year. Okay, so think about it. If you come once a week, um, all the way, and, and, okay, well, there's that one time we came and did that extra thing. Uh, yeah, that's about 60 hours, okay? What that means is, what you understand about God and where you're learning and teaching and growing largely happens outside of this building, okay? We have talked about this as a staff often, is that the largest amount of ministry that we do is not here, okay? And that's what I love about our staff is like, if you need to be gone for this or that, go do that because that's where ministry happens. It doesn't happen a lot of times in the offices. It happens out there, okay? And we as a staff get that. And so that's why we're saying church is a priority. That's why you need to open your home to the presence of God is because that's where you grow. And as I was going through this, Emily said, think about it. Where do you need the presence of God the most? Is it here? I love to experience it here, but I don't need it here. It's already here. Transparent, full transparency today. I need the presence of God driving down Highway 65. Because if you are doing the speed limit in the left lane, I am screaming at you with everything that is in me. If you're driving and you look out your passenger side window and there are cars just zipping by, you are at fault. It is your fault Get in the right lane, okay? And I don't want to hear that. Well, I got my crew set. There's someone in my family, she, she came to early service, that is like, well, I had my crew set. Well, your cruise is wrong. Get in the right-hand lane, okay? Or here's another thing. If you look out your passenger side window and you notice a vehicle, and then you go like, I don't know, 10 feet, and that vehicle is in the same place, you are also at fault. Either speed up or slow down, okay? So I'm just saying, no matter what your title is in this life, we all need the presence of God. That's why you will not find a GN sticker on the back of my ride. I'm probably going to put an, a, another church's sticker in the back window of my car. That way when I cut someone off, they'll go, I ain't ever going there, man. They got some rude people that go to that church. And then more people will come here. So it's kind of, kind of a strategy. But I'm just saying, we all need the presence of God, whether that's in the workplace or, you know, maybe you have someone that keeps questioning you about your faith, okay? Think about it. Where do you need the presence of God the most? It's outside of this building, okay? What you allow in your home should reflect the president, the, not the presidents, the presence of God, okay? You have full control over that. I can remember back you know, first starting in youth ministry, and I was frustrated about, you know, situation or whatever, and I was talking to Steve and Lynette, and they were like, as parents, you have, you can control every breath your child takes. It takes work, but it is worth it, okay? Um, because guess what? If, if you will do these things and go through these steps and be the people God has called us to be, the reward is God's presence, why would you not want that? Okay, like I said, I don't know if you've read the end of the story, but there is an eternal reward. I want that. 
Therefore, I want to do whatever it takes now in this temporary thing to get that eternal thing. Okay, I think that kind of makes sense. That was a great time to amen because that makes sense. Okay, So we need to be putting the work on the front end because we know what's coming on the back end. All right, So open your home to the presence of God. And then number four this morning, what are the products of the, present, the presence of God? Okay, how do people know? How do they notice? Okay, because like that passage said, um, it should be on your doorpost and on your gates. You know, the knowledge you have, the things you say, your actions all should reflect God. Okay, so like I said, some of you have to drive to Little Rock every day. I just have to go to Conway like once every other week, and it's miserable for me. I can't imagine you guys and gals that have to drive, you know, in that for an hour both ways. Okay. Another place that people uh, should notice um, that you are in tune with God is at your kids' sporting events. Confession time again. Have I yelled at 17, 16-year-old girls at a volleyball game? Yes, because they were wrong, and I wanted the referee to know it. And Emily politely leans over and says, you cannot yell at that. I'm like, well, she's wrong, and I want her to know, okay? And she needs to be prepared, and you can't lie, and people should be held accountable. And I didn't get to go to the rest of that volleyball game. But the point is, we all need the presence of God, okay? So at your kid's seven-year-old soccer game, just let them have fun. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter, okay? Eternal reward versus things that are temporary. You need to be thinking about that. Is this, you know, t-ball game going to affect the kingdom? Probably not. Do I have the opportunity to share the kingdom in the face of adversity? Absolutely, okay? So remember that, okay? Being in God's presence, it's exciting. I I love coming to church, okay? It's peaceful. It has an eternal reward, okay? Your attitude should reflect someone that is in the presence of God, okay? Now, here's the thing. Does that mean you cannot have bad days? Of course not, okay? I got all the way to church this morning and went to grab my backpack with, oh, I don't know, my sermon notes. Um, It was at home. So I drove very quickly uh, at the speed limit, of course, all the way back to McGinney Town to get my notes. Came all the way back up here. Got to get the notes printed. Well, the printer decides to quit working this morning. So I'm like... So, okay, we're just going to bring the whole computer and we're just going to sit it right up here. Battery's about dead. Mm, I just want to share about the presence of God today. And so, I don't know, Hunter looked at it. I don't know if he hit it, what. But we walked in there and there were 15 copies of the presence of God on the printer. So, hallelujah, it finally worked, okay. I'm just saying, life happens all the time. And that's kind of a funny, but, but seriously, life happens every day, all the time, okay? I don't want to make light of that, okay? But let's live excited in the presence of God so that we can be a light to a very, very dark world at times, okay? I try to make this point to our students, okay? You were called to be salt. You've got to give flavor to what's going on in the hallways and in the classroom or on the football field, wherever it is at. God has called you and has equipped you to be you, okay? Be a light for Him, and I think we need to be reminded of that. Because here's the thing today, people. You have the tools, okay? 
And if you don't have the tools, hey, guess what? Greenbrier Nazarene is the hardware store, okay? We will help you. Like I said, you're the coach. We're the assistant. We're going to provide you with every tool you could possibly need. And if we can't, let us know, and we'll find it, okay? So that you can do these things that God is calling us to do, that Moses was telling the Israelites, hey, man, this is what it's going to take, okay? This is what we need to be doing, okay? It's time to go to work, and people need the presence of God now more than ever before, okay? And so as we close this morning, I want to give you a time to just respond, okay? Just to kind of chew on what we've talked about a little bit today. And so if, you have, if you're a note taker, if there's a pen in front of you, maybe you need to write down some things like, what do I need to do differently in my family? Maybe you already know, okay, we're going to do this from now on in my, fa- in my home where I have control. This is what we're going to do. Life is crazy and I can't control everything, but when we're at home, we're going to be in the presence of God. Okay? Maybe you need to write that down today. If you'd like to come to our altars, those are open. That is perfectly fine. Okay? But let's let today be the day that you remember that, hey, we, as a family, we made some changes on January 31st. Let this be the day that your kids look back and go, I don't know what really happened the first part of uh, 2021, but man, our family like really got in tune with God and has just blessed our socks off. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, could today be that turning point for you and your family? And so I've got a song today um, we're going to play on the screens, and the words are going to be up today. Man, it is, it is just good. And so um, as we take these next few moments, if you would like to bow, you can do that if you just want to watch the screen and follow along. But uh, just take these few moments here before we have to jump back into the craziness of life here in a few moments. But just take these few moments to respond this morning.
Let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to come together uh, just to be in your presence today, Lord. And I pray that we would take um, what you've impressed on our hearts today, God. Maybe there's something that just kind of resonates today, Lord, that we would take home so that we can um, have our homes and our lives and everything that we do be centered on you, God, that you would be at the core of everything, that people would notice um, when we were at work or when we come in later or not having a good day that there's you know, something different about us. And it's that we have the presence of God with us everywhere that we go as a family, that other families would notice that even in the face of adversity or, or joy, whatever it may be, God, that we have you at the core of everything that we are, Lord. So thank you again for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. Pray that you would just go with us from this place, God, and allow us just to, just to be a light for you, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You are dismissed. Have a great day.